Live at Five Sports with Todd and Suhan brought to you by Prairie's Edge Casino Resort. And while the Twins take two out of three, Jim, and four out of their last five, I, I tend to kind of get a little too excited about short good stretches and a little too disappointed by short bad stretches. It's, it's a marathon after all, but it does look like they're headed in the right direction. It does. And, you know, you think about baseball, you know, if you get three hits out of 10, you're a star. You get two out of t- hits out of 10, you get cut. You win six out of 10, you're in the playoffs and considered a championship contender. You win five out of 10, you probably miss the playoffs unless you're in a terrible division. You know, <laughs> so there are swing games, there are swing moments. And sorry, I'm downtown Minneapolis, That's a lot of trucks going by. Right, right. Uh, about to go to a Wolves press conference. Very good. So, you know, I thought last Thursday, Wednesday and Thursday, I think that was a, I thought that was a big moment. Mm. Uh, they they fended off what could have been a terrible homestand. They come back and win an extra innings on Wednesday. They come out on Thursday and have a, an excellent game, uh, salvage the homestand, kind of right their uh, their their fragile a- attitude at that point. I think, yep. uh, and then they go to Detroit and it very easily could have been a lost series. And they come back and win on Sunday, so they win the series. I think those are three pretty key games. Uh, obviously, obviously it gives them three games in the standings, but also you know you you want to have the feeling that you're good enough to win or compete in every series. Mm-hmm. And if they had gotten swept by the Red Sox, if they had lost the series to the Tigers, you know they they probably wouldn't be in first place. They probably would also wouldn't be feeling very good about themselves. I think you can look at what they've done and see some optimism. Royce Lewis is producing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vasquez is getting back on track. The starting pitcher continues to hold up. I thought Kenta Maeda's start was a big moment in the season. Yeah, uh, He was excellent the other day. Uh, Brock Stewart looks like he can handle the pressure of pitching the eighth inning. Uh, he might be one of the most important players they have. They seem to have relaxed and cut down on strikeouts, starting to put the ball more in play. So I do think, I do think you know, the winning lately is meaningful. I do as well. And Maeda, that was a terrific start. That looked like the 2020 Kenta Maeda that, you know, Twins fans kind of fell in love with, but haven't really seen since that uh, season because of injury. And, and he didn't just didn't have quite a great season in 21 until he got uh, got hurt. But yeah, that could be really important to have Maeda come back and, and pitch like that. You know, we've heard Rocco whisper at times there's a possibility of a six-man rotation at some point uh, during the season because they do have some good starting pitching. They do. Uh, now, if Mighty's going to pitch like this mm-hmm. and Ober's going to pitch like this, uh, all of a sudden they have kind of the, the magic starting five they were hoping for with Ober replacing Malley. Ober has actually been a better pitcher than Malley was for the Twins. Yep. Uh, you got Varland as kind of an ideal utility pitcher. Um, and, you know, I don't, I don't, I think what's best is for them to go with a five man rotation and ride mm-hmm. these five pitchers. But, you know, when you're in a long stretch and you think the guys could use one more day off, there's nothing wrong with giving a spot start to Louis Varland. Uh, that you know, he, he his numbers aren't great, but we all see there's a bulldog there. He's, he's yep. a guy you like to see on the mound. So, and you know, I wrote about it today. If this team were scoring more runs and didn't have you know, and if Lopez hadn't uh, had his his troubles, we you know, one of the stories, biggest stories in baseball would be that you know that Falvey has just kind of gone out of the organization to put together. A pitching staff, Fangraphs ranks the Twins pitching staff as the best in baseball. Really? Even with the wow. problems they've had. Huh. Uh, and they're third overall in ERA. Uh, and that's even with some guys in the bullpen going haywire. I mean, that, that sh- shows you how dominant their starting pitching has been. Yeah, who cares how you go about acquiring the guys as long as you get good ones? And that's been the right. case. They aren't really drafting and developing a lot of quality starting pitching, but they are trading for it. 
They are. It, uh, his trade, and listen, not every trade's going to work out, but mm-hmm. I think if you look at the total of pitching talent acquired versus the uh, total uh, talent leaving the organization, it's a win. And they did tr- knowingly trade some good young hitters and good young hitting prospects because they feel like they have enough of those guys coming up through the minor leagues. Emma, Emma Rodriguez is already tearing it up. Uh, you know, he's going to be one of their top prospects here soon. Brooks Lee should become, you know, he's, Brooks Lee's trying to figure out double A, which is kind of a key moment in the young player's career, but mm-hmm. he's still considered their top uh, prospect. Royce Lewis is fabulous. So, you know, this, this team itself, has struck out too much and been disappointing at the plate, but you can still see a, a good offensive team emerging at some point. Yeah. You're headed over to watch the Timberwolves press conference, I assume, to talk about Nas Reed. Are they also introducing their uh, draft picks, too? It, it was actually called to introduce the draft picks, and oh. then the Nas Reed uh, news broke. I don't know if Nas is going to be here. They might want this to be just about the draftees. Okay. Uh, I'm sure that Tim Connolly is going to get asked about Nas Reed, and frankly, I'm much more interested in the Nas Reed move than the draftees. I think they got, you know, they got a, a kind of a, a nice project power forward, and they got a guy who will probably compete to try to be their backup point guard. Mm-hmm. Uh, who knows if he's ready for that? But not, the Nas Reed signing is, is really important. Um, you know, if, if Towns, Gobert, and Reed are healthy, that gives them one of the best front courts in, in all of basketball. Uh, you know, Gobert. For all of his problems, he's still a good defender and rebounder, and he just needs to do those things. Mm-hmm. Towns is still a historically good young scorer, and Nas Reed was phenomenal last year. And and against certain matchups, he is, he's almost a go-to guy, no, no matter who else is on the court with him. So I, I think this is a really big move for the next season. It surprised me a little. I, I honestly thought Nas Reed was on his way out of town. I, I thought, where are they going to get cap money for Nas Reed with all the max contracts that they have? But they found a way. Uh, I think a few things played in. I think the fact that he's hurt toward the end of the season, the fact that he's kind of he's a funky player. Mm. He's not somebody you plug in as your starting center. He's not somebody you plug in as your starting. You can plug him in as a starting power forward, but he's not going to feast on all matchups. Uh, he's really perfect the way the Wolves use him, which is a, in a rotation, you know, give him extra minutes when he's succeeding or when he has the right matchup on the floor. Uh, but don't ask him to do too much, but let him let really cut him loose when he is on the floor. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I just don't know how many perfect roles there are for him around the NBA. And and give the Wolves credit here. Uh, they made it very well known that they wanted him back. He loves Finch. He likes Connolly. He loves his teammates. So he did, you know, the fact that he liked it here, I did do think, you know, so, so often when athletes talk about that, they're just saying what they want, what yeah. fans want him to hear. In this case, Nasri really wanted to be here. Yeah, he backed it up by signing a contract. Might have been able to get more on the open market. Uh, the fact that he didn't even want to go onto the open market, just stay with the team, uh, does speak volumes. I thought he might be a little bitter after they brought in a guy at his position and traded the world to get him in, in Rudy Gobert, but that didn't really bother him, I guess. No, and Rudy really is his own thing. And and listen, I think we all know at this point that the Wolves made a mistake last year trying to open up uh, – Gobert's offensive capabilities. It turned out he didn't have any. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, he's, he's a great defender. He does a lot of little things on the court that you miss when he's not on the court just because he takes up space and he keeps people from even attempting to go in the, in the lane. Uh, excellent rebounder. He it was a three-time defensive player of the year. It's not a mirage. He really is that good when you let him do those things. He is not a good offensive player. So just don't have him be an offensive player. Uh, and so Reed really doesn't play his position 
the way he plays it. He's sure. more of an alternate B side. You know, he's not going to come in there and try to score a lot, try not to get beat up too badly on defense. He's going to try to outscore his opponent. And Gobert is the exact opposite of that. Uh, designated or elevated event this weekend on the PGA Tour. And uh, kind of the resurgence uh, of a career, it seems like, uh, this year in particular with Keegan Bradley, now his second win, uh, including an elevated event here. Uh, the guy had almost dropped off the map and, and kind of comes back, and there's a lot of motivations for the PGA Tour guys this year with the per, uh, purses being bumped up. Oh, it's amazing how much money these guys are making right mm-hmm. now. And uh, Bradley, you know, I remember covering him at the Ryder Cup in Chicago back in whatever it was, 2016, 2012, I can't remember, 14, something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was, you know, he was a rising star. He was on the Ryder Cup team. He was playing alongside the big guns and something, you know, golf is so weird. Yeah. It, it really is. You know, it's, it's an incredibly difficult mechanical move. And when you combine that with pressure and stray thoughts and, and you know, Anything else that's going on in your life, it feels like anybody can lose it at any time. And he really did lose it for a while. Um, and you, you saw how, how overjoyed he was to win this one. He, yeah. It does feel like he's back. Listen, I don't think he's ever going to be like a top five player in the world like we talk about all the time. But maybe, maybe he's a top 15, top 20. Yeah, Interesting. Uh, Jim, thanks so much. Thanks, Todd. Live at 5 Sports at Todd and Suhan brought to you by Prairie's Edge Casino Resort.